All right, welcome back to another episode of the Rounding Third Podcast. This is episode 31. Uh, as always, with me is Joey, the esteemed co-host that does just about everything. And <laughs> we have a guest today. Um, he is one of my good buddies from college, and he is unfortunately an avid Cubs fan, as well as Joey. Um, Mr. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Good to have you on. Thank you for having me. So... Today we will be going over the central divisions of the AL and NL, um, otherwise known as the joke of the American League and the National League. So I will be starting today because the American League is uh, just, this division is just bad. Is there any other way to put it, guys? Well, before before you uh, tell us how bad it is, you said it's the joke of uh, the league. Do you think it's worse than the AL West? I think the AOS, I mean, the AOS has two good teams at the top of it. I mean, I don't know that, I mean, I don't know what the Indians are doing. I mean, the Twins win 100 games every year and then lose in the first round of the playoffs. So. Yeah, that's fair. And I guess you don't know, yeah, I mean, you don't know what the Indians look like without Lindor. It's a so. three horse race for mediocrity. <laughs> good way of putting it. In a sense. <laughs> Between Minnesota, uh, Chicago, and Cleveland. So we'll start down at the um, itty-bitty bottom. Um, I think we're all in agreement with the fact that the Detroit Tigers will probably not get anywhere near 70 wins this year. Correct. Um, They've got a lot of good prospects. Um, Casey Mize is good. Obviously, he was the number one pick a couple of years ago. He's just going to be a stud. Tariq Skubal is really good as well. Um, And then Spencer Torkelson. Like, where do they get the names of these guys? Did, like, these did he these... did he break camp with the team? Because he was their number um, one pick like last year, I think. Yeah, I don't know. He'll probably get called up at some point this season just yeah. to get some some playing time. Um, probably be like but, a September call up. Yeah, or maybe a mid, maybe around the All Star break potentially. I don't know yeah. what they're gonna do. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just a prospect-heavy team. I mean, they added Robbie Grossman, pretty just okay outfielder. Wilson Ramos, just a power-hitting catcher that can't catch. <clears throat> I mean, they re-signed Jonathan Scope, who I think is a, a really underrated second baseman. But, I mean, they signed Jose Urania and Derek Holland. Like, Derek Holland was relevant about seven years ago. <laughs> so, the Detroit Tigers, I mean, I want them to be good just so my friends that are Tigers fans can enjoy a winning team. Um, But this franchise just, I don't know. I mean, I guess the most controversial thing that they did this offseason was hire A.J. Hinch. As soon as he was uh, available for hire, they said, we'll take him. Reclamation project. Reclamation project. So do you think – do you think that A.J. Hinch – I'll throw this bone to both of you. Do you think that he should have gotten a job as quickly – as he did post punishment, or do you think that he shouldn't have had a job at all? Joey, I'll start with you. Um, I don't know if it's a matter of should he have gotten a job for me. I feel like if I were a front office person, I wouldn't even want him, right? Because like he clearly couldn't control his own uh, clubhouse when he was the manager in Houston and all that stuff happened, regardless of how much input he claims to have or had not in it. He still could have put it into it, but didn't, right? And I feel like you would want your manager to be 
the leader of your team representing you guys correctly. And if you and if you're like too chicken to step in and put a halt to it, then why would I want you to lead my team in the future, especially a team like this that has so many like young impressionable players? Yeah. Joe, what do you think? I mean, so I I think the jury is still out because I mean, obviously the um, the Astros were a, a very competitive team, but I don't know how much that fell on AJ Hinch. You know, you you like to make the make the argument that you know sometimes the team is as good as you can be as your as your coaching staff is. Uh, so I think that if if you would have given him um, a couple more years away from the game and, and brought him back slowly. It, it would have been better than just, you know, hey, your suspension up, here's a contract. Um, I, I think, though, that, you know, the Tigers are in this position where, you know, you know you're not, they're not going to be successful. So uh, I don't think it really matters as much. Um, now, if you would go to a team like, you know, like Cleveland, if they would have gotten rid of Francona or, or a team that could be moderately competitive, um, it would have been a bigger issue but I think that the Tigers are so far away from uh, being you know for lack of a better term relevant that it doesn't really matter as much so you so you think he kind of I'm sure that he had offers I think the the rumor was that he had offers from bigger teams but he decided to go with the Tigers I think that was the rumor so you so you're both kind of saying well at least Joe you're saying he took it you think he took it kind of safe by saying, hey, I'll go to, like, literally the worst team in the league just so that I can, like, all of a sudden come back in baseball's good graces, right? Yeah, and I mean, you know, how – honestly, if, if you're looking – you can also look at it like this through a media standpoint. You know, how um, relevant in the national media will the Tigers be this year? I don't think they'll be very relevant. Uh, maybe a handful of games on ESPN or on MLB Network. So how much really will AJ Hinch be in the news? I, I think that so I, I think that you know it won't be as big of a deal that he's the manager. Um, as you know it, like I said, if it was a team like you know the Twins or the Indians or somebody who gets a lot of um, good uh, coverage within um, the national media. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I think right above them. So now that I think about this, the AL Central has had two very questionable signings this offseason. One of them being AJ Hinch, you know, post post Astro Gate as they're calling it now. Um, and then Tony Larusa for the White Sox. We'll get to the White Sox here in a minute, but I just totally <laughs> I kinda just I kinda just thought about that. Yep. So right above the uh, Detroit Tigers, I got the good old Kansas City Baby Blue Royals. Mm-hmm. Can we agree that they probably have top five best uniforms in baseball when they wear those powdered blues? Agreed. Yeah. I, they look I love, super nice in person, too, by the uh, way. I, I just I love that baby blue royal color, and that that and Whit Merrifield are the only reasons that I like the Kansas City Royals. So I like I like a good baby blue, but... Some teams have baby blue jerseys that have no business having it, right? The like Philadelphia Saint, Phillies. Yes, the Phillies, the Cardinals do too. Like, bro, don't do that. You, they're you, 
what they're doing is just watering down the effect of the baby blue, right? So if everybody's got it, it's not cool anymore. See, I disagree. I like if if you're if you're bringing back a a uh, a throwback jersey, like like the Phillies or like um, the Expos, uh, Washington Nationals, which I think are one of the best uniforms in baseball, yep. um, as well. I think you can get away with it more than if it, you make that your color scheme. In general. I, yeah, I think maybe I just don't like it because the Cardinals wearing it just pisses me off. <laughs> that really probably is the well, root of it, my issue. <laughs> it just doesn't it doesn't fit their color scheme that well. Like they are a, a red and white team, but at the same time they throw this blue mix in there. Like the Phillies are red and white pinstripes and then all of a sudden they throw in this this baby blue that just like yeah, it looks like puke almost. I don't know. Um, but Kansas City, I mean, they're one of those teams that they've added pieces to potentially make a run at, I, I would think, maybe a wild card if they put it together. But if not, they still put together a team that's going to win ball games. But Probably. maybe, like, that's a Kansas City, like, motto, I think. Like, they're never going to be bad enough to be last in the division anymore. But I don't know that they're going to be a free agent destination. So they signed Mike Miner, Carlos Santana, uh, Michael A. Taylor. They re-signed Wayne Dave, Wade Davis from a couple of years ago. Irvin Santana, can't believe he's still playing baseball. Um, Hanser Alberto, former Oriole, and then Greg Holland. So they got Greg Holland and Wade Davis back. But like they trade I mean, for Benintendi. Yep, they did trade for Benintendi, who I is. I think extremely overhyped. Nah, um, everybody nah, says he's gonna have a good year. Yeah, and they've been saying that for the last three years when he was a Red Sox. Yeah, we'll see. But I mean, like Mike Miner, good solid pitcher, like middle of the rotation. He'll probably be their ace until some of their prospects come up. Carlos Santana, I mean, just he's good at getting on base. Like he's a decent first baseman. You know, Michael A. Taylor is a he's a good outfielder. Wade Davis and Greg Holland are decent bullpen aren't like they just did enough to like sort of be good but at the same time like they didn't go over the top i don't know i think very kansas city royals move i think that they'll finish third or fourth in the division depending on how some other things play out i mean i could see them making a run and maybe making a wild card spot but i don't i think that one's kind of far-fetched i think the kansas city royals are just Going to be the Royals, and when when are they going to finally trade Whit Merrifield to the Cubs? When's that going to happen, guys? <laughs> Brother, I've, I've been, been waiting here. on that years. I've been waiting on yeah. that since like 2017. So, you guys got anything to say about the Royals? I mean, I'm kind of cool with just skipping if you guys have anything to say. I think I think your point of um, the Royals are going to be the Royals is is pretty much spot on. Uh, I think. From what I'm looking at here, their payroll is just going to be under $88 million. Um, they lost Alex Gordon, who was a centerpiece in their, for their team for like the last like 15 years. It seems like uh, they lost Michael Franco, Ian Kennedy, Matt Harvey, etc. Um, well, Matt, the- Matt Harvey, the Dark Knight? Oh, yeah. I love Matt Harvey, dude. He was such a gamer for the Mets. Oh. I think I think like you said, the Royals, the Royals are going to be the Royals. I mean, Salvador I would, Perez is so good, but 
like, you know, he's coming back from an injury. You know, is he going to be the same sort of catcher that he was beforehand? Because he was such a stud catcher beforehand. I mean, is he going to get – are the Kansas City Royals just basically going to be this team that accumulates these pretty good veteran players and then ships them off at free agency for prospect or free ag- the trade deadline for prospects? I well, think I could see it. that. I think that's going to be their, their ceiling to be sellers at the deadline. I could see that scenario, but also, I don't know, it's an interesting lineup, right? Because, like, you look up and down it, and for the most part, like, it's all household names of, like, dude, you know, right? Salvi, yeah. obviously, you already said Santana. You added, or you talked about all the guys that they already had, but, I mean, still, Whit Merrifield, Hunter Dozier, Mondesi, and Solaire. I mean, they've got, sneaky, a, they've got good. a sneaky good lineup. It's Bobby sneaky Witt. good. Bobby Witt Jr. is one of the top prospects in baseball. I mean, he'll be coming up. They said, I've seen reports that he'll probably come up pretty early in the next couple of months, if not mid-season. Yeah. Um, I mean, that dude was just drafted a couple of years ago with Adley Rutschman. So it's just like, I mean, they, they've got some good guys in their, their pipeline. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do. But, you know, the Royals are probably just going to be the Royals. So in – uh. I guess I would say this is a toss up between so four and five are pretty easy to to pick apart. Yeah. Yep. One one through three is is sort of like Joe had mentioned kinda of at the beginning, it's just a three way race for mediocrity. I mean like the Indians the Indians are just a pitching factory. Like I don't know a bad pitcher that's come out of Cleveland. And I don't know what's in the water over there. Or what, who's like what the training regiment is, but I mean, you look at the rotation. You just you look at the top three guys of uh, Shane Bieber, Zach Plesac, and then I think his name's Aaron Savali. I think is how you say his name. Yeah, so, Savali. Like right. that. Th- those. I mean, Shane Bieber's. You know, we we know how good Shane Bieber is. Zach Plesac's a good dude. I'm pretty sure he's from Ball State, right, Joe? Yep, correct. Um, he's the son of Dan Plesac, who works for the MLB Network. Oh, and then, really? I mean, yeah, I didn't know that. That's his dad. Huh. So, but you, you've got you've got these these stud pitchers, and I mean, they can. T- Tristan McKenzie's supposed to be another highly touted prospect. Yeah, he had but, a great rookie season. But then you you look and their loss. So they they added in the off season. They added Eddie Rosario, who's he's a good outfielder. He's a good solid outfielder. Andres Jimenez, he's pretty fine. Ahmed Rosario. I mean, he's he's decent, and Cesar Hernandez. So I mean, decent off-season additions. But you lose the best shortstop in the game of baseball. You trade him away, which we all saw coming because the Indians never hold on to their franchise players. How, how can this? How can this team like continue to do what they do and people be fans of them? How can they win and go to the playoffs year over year over year? And then not do anything. I mean, their lineup is literally, you can get the first two guys out, and then you have to face Jose Ramirez, who's one of the best switch hitters in baseball. And then you maybe have to deal with Framil Reyes, who's going to hit like a thousand foot bomb off of you if he connects with it. And then you just you just ditch the rest of the lineup, and that's it. I, mean, I don't think the Indians average four runs this year as an offense. Like, I don't, I just don't think that they did. They lost. They've lost so much, and I don't know that they're good enough to 
to do anything offensively. I mean, I think, don't you think, though, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be good this year because I think they will take a step back, but when was the last season that, like, the Indians were completely irrelevant, though? Like, You're like not, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it. I, I mean, think whatever you want about them trading, you know, basically all of their starters over the last four or five years. But, I mean, when was the, I mean, really, when was the last time that you – Cleveland wasn't at least competing for the top of that division. It's been a while because I think they're so good at retooling. So while, yes, I do think they're going to probably take a step back this season, I wouldn't be surprised if Jose Ramirez has gone before the deadline. Um, I I think they're still I, – I have confidence that their front office knows what they're doing. But at the same time, I mean, can you also agree that they've played in easily the worst division in baseball? I mean, yeah, that's the fair. white. The, the the Tigers haven't been good since like what 2013, yeah. 2012, at least since 2006. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> the Royals went on a weird run in like 2015 and won a title, and they immediately blew that squad up. Yep. I mean, the White Sox haven't been good since Mark Burley was there. So I mean, now you're just competing with the Twins, and it's you and the Twins every year, and you can do enough to. You play enough games against the Tigers and the Royals and the White Sox that right. So that's a good point. So I think I just think losing Lindor and only getting back. I mean, we knew the Lindor trade was inevitable, but I mean, losing Lindor is like you you can't understand. Like I don't know. That seems like it's like losing Mike Trout practically for the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, I mean, that's, that was their that was their best player, hands hands above anything else, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see them be relevant because I'd like to try to go to a game this year, but I don't know, Joe. What do you think? So one of the things that uh, you that um, a lot of analysts look at is uh, Pecota projections, and this is analytics. And it actually, they actually um, are projecting the Indians to finish second in the league this year with a record of 86 to 76. And I, I think that, you know, I'd like Joey said, like you said, that they're going to take a step back. And I don't think that that's going to be relatively uh, true. I think they're going to get third uh, behind the White Sox and the Twins. I mean, you, you, you know, you, you hit on this earlier. You look at who they lost. They lost Carlos Santana, who I believe signed with the Royals. You lost Brad Hand, Delano DeShields, Tyler Naquin, and Sandy Leon. Um, all That's corner good. pieces. They're, they're good. They're not bench players, but they're definitely starters. Yeah, and in the best you pick up is you know Eddie Rosario, like you mentioned from the Twins. Uh, Cesar Hernandez, you trade bullpen pieces in Adam Simber, uh, a submarine pitcher that holds a, uh, a place in my heart just because he's a submarine pitcher. Yeah. And oh, hold on before you continue, Joey, just so you know, Joe, Joe, just like I used to play baseball, he lives in Illinois and he has been just like obsessed with submarine pitching because that's. How he said that if he would ever to play again, he would be a submarine You'd pitcher. Be a submarine guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So guys, I respect like, it. Guys like Darren O'Day, like Pat Neshek, like those guys that have those funky deliveries. 
those are like Joe's heroes. I love so, those. I love I mean, that. like absolute heroes to that guy. So, I mean, we can't understate though. J- I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but James Karunacek or something like Karunacek. that. Karunacek. He is on the fantasy baseball squad, by the way, Joey. Yeah, he's a but dog. That dude is straight filth, except when he faces the New York Yankees in the playoffs because he got absolutely shelled. Regardless, uh, <laughs> dude is straight filth. I mean, he's got that over the top, like he's got the real over top delivery, and it is just disgusting. But, anyways, Joe, continue. I did not mean to interrupt you too much. No, you're fine. Um, and, and you still pick up guys like Blake Parker, who was with the Angels. I think last year or a couple of years ago, and veteran journeyman catcher Ryan Lavardaway. Um, oh my god, that is I, a name I have not heard in years. I don't know, um, you know how you're going to retool with names like those. Uh, their total spending um, with their signings, major league signings, was around thirteen million dollars. So I mean, you're getting them for cheap, but I don't know how. Uh, you know, productive they're going to be. It's a step back for sure. Yeah, I mean, sure. that's just what it is. So I actually have in my, in my kind of predictions in second place, I've got the twins. Wait, right, yeah. real quick. Now that I'm looking at this, bro, maybe the, maybe the uh, Royals slide up to the number three. I could see it, dude. That's the Royals being the Royals, man. You don't know what they're going to do. I mean, the I mean, Cleveland's pitching significantly better, but, I mean, you got to be able to score runs too, right? And I like the Royals' ability to do that more than Cleveland's. So it, the Royals are going to be, like I said, man, the Royals can mess around and get a wild card spot, or they can, you know, wind up at the bottom of this division. Yep. Um, so the Twins, I have at number two. And the reason that I have them at number two is because I think the White Sox are finally all in on really trying to accelerate their sort of rebuild that they've been in. And I feel like the Twins didn't really do anything, and they lost a lot of good pieces on that team. Like, they added guys like, I mean, Angelson Simmons, the best defensive shortstop in the league, mm-hmm. without a doubt. I mean,. You re-sign Nelson Cruz, who just continues to age but continues to hit bombs. Doesn't make any sense. Um, I mean, guys like Alex Colomay, Hansel Robles. You add the worst Yankee pitcher since Carl Pavano and J.A. Happ. Oh. I mean, I don't, I'm not here for the J.A. Happ slander. J.A. Happ is dog water. I will take him 100% every time in MLB The Show because for some reason I am nutty with him. <laughs> but the dude is straight dog water. I mean, he is god awful. But I mean, like you lose guy, you lose Eddie Rosario, you lose Trevor May, you lose Alex Avila, you lose Sergio Romo, big Sergio Romo guy over here. Same here, uh, J- Jake. My eggs are over easy, over easy. Like <laughs> you, Never you lose Marwin Gonzalez. I mean, you lose these pretty key pieces. These glue guys, I mean, they're, none of those guys, maybe Eddie Rosario and Trevor May were sort of bol- like bolster pieces on that team, like corner pieces. But, like, I mean, Jake Odorizzi is going to go out and throw 200 innings, maybe win 15 games for you. And he's he's going to have a three ERA, and he's just going to be okay. Marwin Gonzalez is going to play everywhere in the field. Sergio Romo's got a nasty slider, and he's going to give up 15 bombs as a reliever. Like, you just – 
you got these glue guys, and the team adds an aging Angelton Simmons, an um, aging J.A. Hab. They re-signed Nelson Cruz, who's over 40 now. Like, what has this team done to get any better than what the year they were before? Like why Nothing. why go play why go play for the Twins essentially is kind of my question I'm I'm leading towards here like well they're gonna mess around and win ninety games this year because they don't play anybody and Josh Donaldson's gonna come back and hit forty homers like I like Josh Donaldson but they have a great rotation too I think their rotation is extremely underrated especially for being in a bad division I mean you have uh, Kenta Maeda. Uh, Berrios, Pineda, Hap, and Matt Shoemaker, who you didn't mention earlier, as a signing, I believe, from the Blue Jays. Was he was on the Blue Jays last year? So, uh, no, 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 hold, hold the phone. You think that's a good rotation? I think that's nah. a solid rotation. No, nah, that's I, I think Berrios is good. I will give you that. I think Kenta Maeda is very overrated, but nah. I think he can. I think if he has a good second season here. I think I think that it would be something like in the right direction because sometimes those those uh, Japanese overseas pitchers sometimes they age decently well with a lot of their stuff because most of their movement is just disgusting. So I think he he's still a solid piece. J. A. Happ is trash. Let's get that right. They Randy Dobnak's a former Uber driver. Like I mean, he's going to be your sixth man. Matt Shoemaker can't throw a strike. I mean, you think that's a solid rotation? Uh, I think it's a very they're, underrated rotation. I think it's uh, name me one pitcher besides Taylor Rogers in their bullpen. Michael Pineda cheats, puts pine tar in his neck, and that's coming from a Yankee fan. Alex Colomene is okay. <laughs> oh, is good. Robles is good. Uh, hmm. Smelter is not bad. I rest my case. We're moving on. The Chicago yeah. White Sox are winning this division, and here's Agreed. why: because Tony Larusa is the manager. All right, <laughs> let's just let's get it out there that Tony Larusa is going to instill knowledge in these guys. Fair. He might have a six pack of beer in his hand, but he's going to instill knowledge. <laughs> I mean, I just that team. You add Liam Hendricks, while his contract is kind of gross for a closer. Real uh, chunky. You, Add him. You trade for Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn has just gotten, with the exception of the time he was in New York, apparently. He's actually really good in New York if you look at his stats. But New York sports are so hard to play in because if you don't strike out 27 batters, you're terrible. Yeah, they're so, calling for your head, bro. I mean, they, Garrett Cole gave up a home run as, like, second appearance in spring training. They're like, cut him, DFA him, he's trash. <laughs> like, hop off a bridge. I don't know. I think the White Sox have what it takes. I mean, they've got really young guys. I mean, Jose Abreu's a stud. Andrew Vaughn's going to come up this year. You know, Tim Anderson's electric. Yohan Mancada's great. Jose Abreu's great. Eloy Jimenez just went down. But they still have Adam Eaton. Adam Eaton, they got him. Luis Robert. I mean, they've got really good pieces, man. I think if if this team does it right, they can definitely uh, be the driver's seat to this division, without a doubt. So, you guys got any input? I mean, we can hop right over to the uh, NL Central. I know the Cubs talk is itching as we're about halfway over with this podcast. Um, the White Sox also just signed Ray Clam, too. Who? 
Oh, this is that Rake Land Rake. or something? <laughs> yeah. I love me some Rake Land. He was Dude, stri- bro, he was strictly signed because Eloy went down. They just needed DH. Yeah. Um, well, I think, yeah, the White Sox are going to be really good this year. Uh, pick code of projections, 83 and 79. They have them in third with the Twins walking away with the, with the, the division. I don't know how, like I said, uh, you can expect for that to end up playing out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the White Sox are going to be a really good team. Yeah, I mean, I, they're going to be a good team for years to come, too. I mean, because a lot of those guys are yelling and they're under team control. So it's going to be good to see kind of a uh, little Chicago rivalry, I think. Uh, we'll see what the team looks like halfway through the year. <laughs> or my team, wrong. my team, not the White Sox. Um, so I, I like the White Sox. Um, yeah, every everything about it's great. I would actually be stunned if they don't win this division by at least five games. Five games? You call them five games? I'd say it's a pretty fair number. Yeah. So I think I think it'll be. I think the top three between the Indians. The Indians, uh, the Twins, and the White Sox will be relatively close, but I could definitely see towards the end of the year the uh, the White Sox, if they're doing good enough, being buyers at the deadline and adding some good pieces to help out, and then really taking off. So it'll be it'll be good to see them back in relevance. So I just I just I just think that they have the I feel like the the potential of their lineup is. Just, probably almost as good as the Twins and their potential pitching-wise is maybe a step below Cleveland's, but at least they have both elements, right? And those two teams each only have one. Yeah. I, I, now that you said that, I agree. So I hand it over to you guys for the NL. I mean, we can kind of just skip over the AAA farm system that is the Pirates. I mean, that team just dog. I mean, I, I don't even know how to describe that team. Uh, things to watch for the Pirates, uh, Cabrian Hayes, and right. don't and don't get too attached to him because they'll probably trade him in three years. Um, <laughs> the Todd Father, Todd Father's on the. Uh, oh yes, Mr. Todd Fraser, the man that somehow still swings a baseball bat. Yeah, that I mean that signing does absolutely nothing for me. Yeah, um, same. Who? Oh, they have. Uh, What's his face? Brian Reynolds, right? He's good. Yeah, he'll probably get traded this year. Yeah, next year. Probably. Their catcher's old. Their rotation blows. Uh, yeah, in general, it doesn't really do it for me. So if any, if nobody has anything else on the Pirates, I'm just going to go ahead and keep it moving. I think the only thing I have to say about the Pirates is I think that they have some of the hardest uniforms in the league. That all black uni that oh, they roll out sometimes—that is dirty. That all black uni that they have is nice. Not never been a fan of the bumblebee uniform. I just think it looks like they're in prison. <laughs> I've never liked the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know what the bumblebee obsession is in Pittsburgh. Um, never liked either one of those jerseys, but the all black jerseys with the old school pirate like logo on there. Yeah, that one's pretty hard. Other than that, I got nothing else. The yellows are pretty nice too. So the the Pirates, to me at least, have the ability, their front office is, is, is what's holding it back. I believe that they have the ability to be good if they would just not trade their pieces, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Captain Obvious. 
I mean, you know, yeah, uh, you know, you trade Tyone, you trade Musgrove, who was who was a, a solid piece for them last year. You trade Josh Bell. Um, you get rid of Trevor Williams, who we'll talk about probably in a little bit uh, with the Cubs. Uh, you trade Chris Archer. You lose Derek Holland. You didn't really do anything for them. They have the ability to be good, uh, but the front office just doesn't want to sign anybody ever. Like, and they don't want to re-sign anybody. They're not willing to pay, and, and that's their downfall. Can you just talk about how absurd it is again? And I think Mark and I have touched on this before. It was that they traded Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now for Chris Archer, bro. What the hell was that? That MLB, MLB, the show won't even allow you to make that disastrous of a trade. <laughs> They'll be like, hold on. Do you really want to make this stupid of a trade? <laughs> yeah, it's ugly. Um, okay, so do you want to hear my actual thoughts or my hopeful thoughts for the rest of this division's rankings? So I, I'm just going to imagine in fourth, you've probably got the Reds. Yeah. Okay. Same year. So let's let's just go. I just want to kind of go up in order. I mean, I already know that the Brewers are going to win this division. Let's just be real honest. <laughs> mm. I uh, so the the Reds. We'll go to the Reds. Go to the Reds. Yes. Does losing Trevor Bauer and having played in a shortened season last year make the Reds? Okay. Okay. So does losing Trevor Bauer hurt the Reds? as much as you think it would start there. Yes. Uh, yes, but it has the ability to be no, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, it's, it's not worth the price tag. Yeah. It's that, that's, that's it. Uh, do the Reds, Reds still have Wade Miley, right? Yes. Who hasn't thrown a, a pitch in it seems like 12 years. Um, oh yeah. He had Tommy John. That's right. Yeah, because Theo tried to make him a reclamation project a couple of years ago, and yes. it didn't work out. Um, yeah, the, the Reds aren't going to be good. Uh, but I, the, the Reds remind me of the Royals because it's like they were they were pretty good last year in that shortened season, right? Mm-hmm. Sixty game. It was a sixty game sprint. And the Reds said, "Hey, we can come out and do this." I mean, obviously Trevor Bauer was very good, but like I, for me. The Reds' rotation is always – the Reds are like the Indians to me. They've always got pretty good – they've got one or two pretty good pitchers. I mean, they had Johnny Cueto for some years. Homer Bailey was decent yep. there. I mean, mm-hmm. Mike, Le- Mike Leak was a good innings eater there for a couple of years. And now you transition. Luis Castillo is disgusting. Sonny Gray looks like he's found a new home down there. I mean, Sonny Gray is – he is good. I mean, they've got these guys that you would think – would be able to almost right the ship after losing a guy like Trevor Bauer. But I kind of agree with you guys. I mean, Votto doesn't look like he's getting any better. Nixon Zell's good. But Eugenio Suarez, I mean, he's a home runner and a strikeout. Same with Jesse Winker. I mean, Nick Castellanos, and I know as much love as you guys don't have talk, for him. Yeah, don't you dare be talking about Smith. He's, he's about the only he, – no, I was going to say, he's the only good hitter in that lineup almost. Moustakis. Is, is Mike Moustakis worth $14 million a year? No. 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 They had to overpay him to get him to come. Yeah. 
I mean, what's his name? Tucker Barnhart behind the plate. Really good defensive catcher. He got a decent pop, but I mean, the Reds are just a they're just like a mediocre franchise. Like they don't want to spend the money to do anything. I so think, how can I you think expect? They, I think to- they tried to. Right? I mean, last year they gave it a shot. Signed Sean Doolittle. They paid for Sean Doolittle. Sean Doolittle is on like a one-year one year or two-year, uh, one-year, like $2 million deal or something. They got yeah. Sean Doolittle for a steal. Absolutely. Um, but, I mean, last year they invested in Castellanos, right? And it was coming fresh off the Bauer trade from halfway through this season before. Plus, I, I mean... I don't know. I mean, I think last year they gave it a shot, but I think that they see, for the most part, the rest of this division has taken a step back. So I guess they want to also, maybe just to recover money from the lost season. But at the same time, if you see the rest of your division taking a step back, maybe that's when you put it into full throttle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could see Sonny Gray um, and Castillo being shipped off at the deadline. I mean... The the Yankees and the Reds were in talks about Castillo, and it was hey well oh, you know please. we want- those talks have been going on for eight <laughs> years, bro. But this past summer though it was, you know, give us Glaber for Castillo. It's you know that's that's a very, it's a very intriguing trade because it's do you do you get a pitcher who's a stud or do you stick with your shortstop who's twenty three years old, right? Know? But they've, they've got some good pieces. I mean, um, Jonathan India, I think is his name. He's he's solid. Yeah, he's really um, good. Nick Senzel can play just about anywhere and everywhere really well. I mean, I wonder when Joey Votto is going to eventually retire. I, don't know. I mean, again, they've got good. They've got good players at each position, but I don't know that they have good enough players to beat out teams like the Cubs or the Brewers. Yeah, that's what I think. I think they have good players all around, but not a ton of players that make you be like, oh, shit, these guys mean business. I think the key for them will be um, can their hitting be good? I I think that, you know, they play in in the Great American Playground. So (laughs) It is is kind of a playground. um, so if they can if they can just slug and slug kind of like the twins a couple of years ago, um, they have the ability to make some noise in this uh, division, especially with as you said the division taking a step back. Uh, Picota has them at seventy nine and eighty three as a their final record as their projection. I think that could be uh, that's pretty much spot on. I think personally, that's that's. Uh, Pretty even little red lineup right there on your uh, Reds record right there. 81 and 81 would probably be about what they finish. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, We'll talk about the Cubs last, um, but I think the Cubs will be third in this division. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's just just me being realistic. Coming from a Cubs fan, you think you're going to finish in third. I, I have one thought, and then we'll circle back to him. I think... I'm thinking third, assuming that at the deadline we just sell everybody and <laughs> keep it moving um, into, into five years of not being shit. Um, but anyways, second place, uh, honestly, I think the Cardinals. 
Uh, I think this I, is the Brewers division to win. I told you it was I told you it was the Brewers division to win. Come well, on, you gotta listen and, to me. And the biggest reason is it's just like yes, the Cardinals added Arenado, huge. Um, I mean, their lineup still looks pretty decent for the most part, but they're. I don't know. Their role, their rotation I just don't have a ton of faith in. Jack Flaherty's good. But outside uh, of him, it's it's it goes Jack Flaherty and then like, like four more days of Yeah. Until you get back like, to Flaherty. I mean Miles Michaelis has had up and down moments, right? When he came back from playing overseas a couple years ago, he was a dog, but I don't know if the league figured him out or what it was, but not quite as great um the last couple seasons. Adam Wainwright, I mean He's old, bro. Like, it's like you're not going to get a ton out of him. And uh, Carlos Martinez, is he belongs in the bullpen. Why they're still trying to make him a starter is a little bit beyond me. Because it's uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, David David Eckstein, a glorified midget, was their shortstop. Oh, yeah. dude, David Eckstein was awesome. He was. He, he was – so I – you know, growing up, I, I, I live in Cardinals country. I – live about 80 miles from from st louis so literally it was cardinals 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 uh, any if any if you disagree with anything you know you're wrong because the cardinals are going to win the league and win the world series every single year that was what it was uh, so that's what i'm i'm used to i have to take you know what i think with a grain of salt and you know i I disagree with you, Joey. I think that the Cardinals will be in third and the Cubs will be in second. Ooh, brother, I hope so. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, you know, like you said, the rotation isn't isn't what it once was. I think that you know Adam Wainwright could be you know the sentimental a sentimental you know wild card. Uh, yeah, but like outside of Flaherty, outside of maybe Michaelis. Um, you don't really have a whole lot. You got rid of, if I'm not mistaken, you lost. Uh, was it was Brebby one of your starters? He was in the bullpen, wasn't he? He was Last in the bullpen. Year. Yeah, bullpen. He's a, um, he's a, he's a giant now. Yeah, you lost uh, Gomber, who was. I don't. I'm pretty sure if I remember right, he was in their rotation last year. Yes, but he yeah he was in the Arenado trade. Yeah. Uh, he lost John. Uh, I'm looking at the stuff right here. Um, you just you don't have, you know the the pitching. I mean, the Cardinals are kind of like uh, how we were talking with the Indians. You know, you you always find these you know one or two guys from the minors who you know catch fire, and and you're like, how are these people good? Uh, and you know, they end up being a part of your rotation and you don't want to pay them. So mm-hmm. you just dump them. And I think that the Cardinals are just going to be just eh this year. I mean, they, they've got certain pieces in certain spots that are going to be good. I mean, you've got a top, top three first baseman in the league, Paul Goldschmidt. Got the best third baseman now in baseball. I mean, you sold out to get the best third baseman in baseball. Oh, dude, they didn't sell out. I, I mean, okay, they but traded saying, Gomber and some picks, and they got fifty million bucks back. With okay, them. I want to say okay, maybe sold out was the wrong word, but I mean, you're you're gonna eventually have to pay his contract. I mean, fifty million covers 
one like a year and a half. One, yeah. one year and a quarter. And right. I didn't sign a massive deal. So it's like, they're going to get Arenado, yes. But, you know, Dylan Carlson's decent. But, again, it all boils down to the pitching. I mean, and then their bullpen, Gallegos, is, he's good. But Jordan Hicks can't throw a strike. Andrew Miller is almost 40. I mean, I just don't. The Cardinals are, are just – they're that team that just messes around and somehow wins 95 games, and then they make a run on the wild card. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I think that the Cubs are still ahead of them, truthfully, so I kind of agree with Joe a little bit. I think you're just trying to be optimistic that the Cubs finish in second. You'll be okay because you think they're going to finish in third. Um. But I think that they're going to be better than the Cardinals, but I don't know that it's going to be by a ton of games. That's fair. Um, I think I think the Brewers win. Um, you know, the, the the team is just good, dude. I mean, they've got two good pitchers, and Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns, and yep. then Devin Williams and out of their bullpen. That dude's just just throwing wiffle balls at hitters right now. Oh uh, yeah, and plus then, they still have Hater. Yeah, I mean, Josh Hader's bullpen man of the reliever of the year two years ago, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, Christian Yelich is still great and right. Lorenzo Cain is whatever Lorenzo Cain is. Then you add uh, Colton Wong, great defensive second baseman. Like, I mean, the, the, the Brewers have made some moves and done some things, and I think that if they're winning come deadline time, that they'll probably be buyers too. Yeah, well, and I think – with Milwaukee, here's what it comes down to for this team. Uh, it's just defense, 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 right? I mean, uh, you look up and down this lineup, not a whole lot of names that you're like, oh, wow, real offensive threat. Maybe Kesson here, Christian Yelich, and maybe Lorenzo Cain still. Um, but everybody else is just absolute dog on defense, uh, especially, like you said, they picked up Colton Wong. They get Jackie Bradley Jr. I mean, those are huge defensive additions, some of the better, best defensive players at their positions in the entire league. So I I think as long as they can put up – I feel like if they can put up Lee average offense and their defense just comes in and has it like we think that they will, then it should be a fairly easy going for them in my opinion. I think I would agree with that. I like, I'm like. i a big fan of their uh... – their new uniforms. I uh, I like the kind of the color scheme as well. Yeah, they do look nice, dude. I saw that a Christian Yelich jersey was like four hundred and thirty-five bucks at the end of, or at the beginning of last year. Well, yeah, that's just because Nike took over. Yeah, that's dumb. But I mean, I just the Bre- the Brewers just got good pieces, man. I mean, they're that team that on paper should win this division. Yeah. So we'll ultimately see if they do. Um, but, I mean, they, they've just got good pieces at good positions, and I think that the defense is going to play, uh, like you pointed out, I think it's going to play much bigger of a factor than we think because it's like you add those guys that can potentially just take away runs by making good plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they could be buyers, but I would like to see Kyle Seager be a, <laughs> be a Milwaukee Brewer. I it think would, be, it would be an upgrade over Travis Shaw. I think that Kyle Seager is a good third baseman, and I think he's just been hidden away in Seattle. And I think that if they made a move and got him at third base, I think that that would be a huge upgrade 
to their lineup. Probably wouldn't cost much either because they were going to let no. him walk after this year either way. Yeah. So, so the Brewers, the Brewers to me are this this really interesting. I'm to be fair, I'm, they're going to probably win the division. That's in all likelihood, they're going to win the division. Um, I've been telling you, as, this. I've been telling as, you the Brewers are going to win the division. I've said it for months now. Brewers yeah, are winning yeah, the division. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, conditionally, we'll get to it. I think, you know, the Brewers really came out of nowhere, to me, at least. Because, you know, you a couple years ago, when they first started being good, when they beat the Cubs in the wild card game that one year, uh, <laughs> I couldn't name a single starter pretty much for, for their team other than maybe uh oh i can't even name well i'm, I'm talking about pitching wise oh yeah, yeah um you you just you there are a bunch of no-name people who were good <laughs> Yo, and, Shasin. Yeah, yeah 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 and so they're just they're they're building off of it i mean you t- um brad boxberger they signed to a minor league deal oh. jordan zimmerman uh zach godley uh, I think they're going to be actually really good pieces for them. Uh, kind of a reclamation project, I believe, for Jordan Zimmerman. Um, reclamation? But, okay. That dude had one good year. And, and then he got bag. That dude had one good year in Washington. And then Detroit said, hey, we'll give you four years, like $200 million. And he's like, okay. Like, that dude secured the bag. I mean, he was... He's literally a 220 innings pitcher a year, and he's going to maybe win you three games. 7.94 ERA last year. Stupid. Oh, never mind. That was only across five innings. Still trash. But at the same time, you lose, you know, defensive specialist in Eric Sogard. (laughs) (laughs) Keep on moving. Keep moving the train. You pick up. Colton Wallen to take his spot. You also lose Jed Jerko, who's a power hitter, um, and maybe Ryan Braun, who may have retired. I'm not for sure with that. We're gonna we're gonna back this train up just a couple of stops. You're ta- you're saying Sogard's defense is better than Colton Wong's? No, I'm not uh, saying that at all. I'm saying okay. So say it's essentially an upgrade for the glasses wearing idiot that took Nico Horner's spot at second base. Yes. And, okay. and we'll, get, we'll get to that in a second, too. Jed Jerko hasn't had power in 10 years. I would like to say for the record, too, um, when Jed Jerko was really good for the Cardinals a couple of years ago, everybody was – everybody in, in um, you know, my neck of odes was criticizing the move. I said that he's going to be a very underrated piece. I would like to just clarify. I'd like to say that. Uh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. And you, you – Ryan Braun has been – he went from hitting 50 bombs when he was pumping his butt full of steroids to now all of a sudden the dude's a a, a single double RBI kind of guy now. And I think he's on – I mean, I don't know if he's on the last year or two of his deal, but I'm sure he's done here soon. I mean, I don't know. I can't believe you said def- you lose defensive guru Eric Sogard. I, 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 I range to the left and the right nowadays – Better than it's so good, guys. But I, I, I try to leave you guys enough time to talk about the Cubs, and here we are. We have rounded it out. You guys can have probably the next 10 to 15 minutes to chit-chat about the interesting franchise that the Chicago Cubs is. So where, where, would, you, where would you like to start? I would like Either to start way. conditionally saying 
if we don't blow up the team, we win this division. Now, that's probably a big if. Um, first and foremost, and okay, so this is an interesting move, um, and I know we just touched on it a little bit. Nico Horner um, doesn't make the opening day roster, and I, my first reaction was, oh, they're trying to uh, manipulate his service time. I actually don't think that's the case. I think the case here is, yes, Nico hit well, but David Bodie has been on the team and all and had every bit as good of a spring training as him. And I think they're trying to give David Bodie the opportunity to just be an everyday guy, right? So mm-hmm. I get that. And I think developmentally-wise, they recognize that Horner has a ton of potential. So leave him in AAA to get every day at bats instead of just coming off the bench here and there like what Sogard's going to be there for. So at first, yes, I was pissed about it. Now I'm okay. I get it. Uh, but what, how, how are you going to feel when he gets called up in the middle of May to be set every, maybe an every other day starter and they just manipulated his service time? I don't think that they will unless Sogard or Bodie struggles tremendously. If that happens, then so be it. But otherwise, I do think they're okay with leaving him down there. Um, otherwise, I think he's only going to come up for an injury, at least toward the back half of this, uh, until maybe toward the end of the season. Okay. So, I, I yes, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I'm. Oh, go off, King. <laughs> I go think off, I off. think that it. I, I I do disagree though about. Um, having this not be totally a service time thing. I mean, yeah, it probably is a little bit. Jed, Jed has, Jed did that with Chris Bryant, um, way back when, uh, and it just leaves you with him for another year. And, and I think that's, you know, totally fine. You know, a lot of people are, um, you know, it criticize the service time manipulation and stuff like that. But, I, I think that that's a solid move um, to get him another year. Uh, will will that mean um, you know he is not up by you know late April like you were saying, Joey? If they if, you know Sogard starts to struggle or Bodie starts to struggle, no. But I do believe that you know that plays more of a factor than you think. That's fair. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying that it doesn't play any sort of factor into it because I'm sure, I'm sure that it does. Um, and you know, again, as much as we hate the service time manipulation, like if if that's a, if that's an option available for your team, like as a front office executive, I kind of get it. But at the same time, like that could really piss off your players in the future when you're trying to negotiate, uh, i.e., Chris Bryant. Um, so. My, my thing with the, the situation, we can move on. So, Nico Horner was graded as the best second baseman in camp. This this whole spring training, he was, from what I read, he was rated as the best second baseman in camp, right? It reminds me of what the Yankees just did to Debbie Garcia. You know what Debbie Garcia just got awarded? Uh, the, what? The, the Yankees Rookie of Spring Training Award. They gave him like a, a several thousand dollar watch. Wow! And they, and sent, they, they sent him down to AAA. 
damn. That's so that it, it just it, it reminds me of a situation like that with them with the Cubs because it's like, hey, we've got this really good guy in Nico that we could probably start, but because we want to manipulate him in some sort of way and let these other guys really prove themselves, we're going to send him down to hit against, you know, fifth grade pitching. <laughs> so I get it. Um, I think, and before we get to my number one Cubs topic, I do just want to run down the potential of this lineup, right? So I think, as much as I think they probably will end up selling at the deadline, I also feel like this team is competitive enough that there's a chance they could be very well ahead in their division at the deadline and be forced to not trade. So, I mean, just the lineup is disgusting, right? Contreras, probably second, third best catcher in the league. Anybody yep. have any disputes to that? Behind, yeah, uh, Behind maybe ahead. Yeah, Real Mito would be the only one that I would see that has a potential overtake that. Yeah. yeah. So him, Rizzo, Bodie Bryant, Baez, Jock Peterson has been crushing this spring. Ian Happ's been hitting really well. And Jason Hayward. I mean, that's a pretty dangerous nine. Am I wrong? No. It's a pretty high strikeout nine. I mean, that's coming from a Yankees fan, too. So. Yeah, I mean, and you look at the you look at the bench too. Uh, Jake Marisnik coming off the bench. Yep. Uh, Eric Sogard coming off the bench. Cameron Maven yeah, so, coming off the bench. So I, I let, think. Let me ask this: Years ago, you guys said not even years ago, maybe last year, you had a, a better defender in the outfield than Albert Almora, but yet you sign a guy like Jake Marisnik, who should just walk up there and not even swing. Because the dude can't hit a baseball with a bam-bam bat. He's better than Albert Almora, bro. Yeah. The, yes. best, the best career highlight for Albert Almora is when he hit that foul ball because he hit the girl. He hit that ball hard and hit oh, the kid in the face. no. You had it's to only, go there. Only the time that he's ever that. hit a ball hard. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. But, I mean, the lineup has a ton of potential, right? Starters, Hendricks, Arietta, Davies, Trevor Williams, Albert Alzali. I mean – Decent. How much? How much stock are you taking into Arietta actually being good again? Uh, he'll Fair probably be stock. like. I think he'll probably be like a Quintana level. I mean, probably nothing amazing, but with you know he'll eat, he'll eat those innings, and you know if he plays any better than that, it'd be great. But I think his floor is kind of a Quintana level. Okay, I'm trying to see if they made this. Uh... This I'm official big, I'm, or not. I'm a big fan of Zach Davies. I like Zach Davies quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, dude. He's sneaky gross. I think he's literally Kyle Hendricks, except five yeah. years younger. Yeah. I think maybe an underrated, a very underrated signing uh, for the Cubs this year was Cole Stewart. Probably. Um, yeah. From, I believe he was in Baltimore last year. A one-year, $700,000 deal. He's young. He's um, He throws really hard. Uh, I think that, you know, if he has – he could be a very underrated signing. Trevor Williams could be a very underrated signing. I think that he was really good. Uh, he throws really hard. He really wants to be here in Chicago. That makes, you know – 
a, a little better at least. Uh, Cubs also signed Brandon Workman, uh, former Boston Red Sox closer. Uh, Andrew Chaffin from the Diamondbacks. Uh, Austin Romine, backup catcher after they got rid of Caratini, which was surprising to me. Former New York Yankee. Yeah. Um, you've been, you know, waiting in Iowa. You have Strope, uh, Shelby Miller, Rex, uh, Rex Brothers is going to make the team. <laughs> Shelby Miller. Dude, he had a sneaky oh good spring, bro. Yeah. Uh, good spring. He had a good spring. He had a good oh. spring. Um, Rex Brothers, his second stint on the team. Hopefully that this time can be way better than his last one. After he had like what two innings pitched and like an ERA of like twenty seven, um, a few years ago when I believe Edwin Jackson was still on the team. Uh, <laughs> Are we throwing Carlos Marmol out there too? Like Jesus, come on! Um, I think that you know the Cubs made some moves this year that are going to be really sneaky. I mean, you got rid of pretty much all of your um, rotation. Uh, you got rid of most of your your bench. You got rid of a lot of people who were very popular with the team, i.e. Schwarber, Darvish, Lester, um, etc. But I believe that the signings you did make this year – um, while they may not be like household household names, they'll be solid for you. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, so, I mean, realistically, I think it just depends on who gets traded this year. That's going to determine if they're first, second, or third in this thing. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch on is, bro, we got to extend Anthony Rizzo. What the <laughs> hell are we doing? We got to extend all three. I mean – ideally but i don't think that'll happen mainly because i think i mean bodie's on a super team friendly a couple years ago he signed like a five-year 15 million dollar extension so he's dirt cheap nico's gonna have to come up at some point so i don't think we're gonna do it it pisses me off because we have a ton of money coming off the books next year but so, if, I had, so, if I had to keep one of the three, I want Rizzo, right? I can't, I literally don't think I could physically bear to see him wear a different jersey. So let, let me ask this. Why not – I don't know what how much Hayward has left on his contract. Why couldn't, why couldn't you potentially find a suitor for Hayward, move Jock Peterson over to right? I think Jock Peterson's a massive upgrade over Kyle Schwarber. I will say that. Why not move Peterson over to right and then throw David Bodie in left and now your second baseman's Horner. I, I mean, mean, maybe, but who's gonna eat? Who's gonna eat Jason Hayward's contract, right? Unless we're sending some ser- unless we're sending some quality minor league players over there. But obviously, if we're considering trading half of our team, why would you trade any of your minor league depth? I think there would be somebody out there that would purchase Jason Hayward's contract. Maybe. I mean it. I just feel like after the pandemic year, nobody wants to spend extra money if they don't need to other than the Dodgers, but they're already like $60 million over the salary tax threshold. No, they don't care. They're spending money left and right because they're going to go win another World Series. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, I don't know. It's just I'm just so sick of the Ricketts, bro. Like, they revitalized Wrigleyville. I love that. But, bro, the value of the Cubs went up 5% over – 2020 despite the pandemic and now we're saying we can't afford to pay 
our face of the franchise. I mean, what is that? It's just so infuriating. Like, I, I'm almost speechless. Every time I'm just scrolling through Twitter, I'm seeing all these hashtag extend Rizzo tweets, and I'm hoping that somebody sees it and it's like, all right, this is what the people want. So I don't... <laughs> I don't know what the Rickets are doing. Um, I thought you, I thought I thought you were just about to throw some like boiling hot water on the fire and say that I hope they don't extend Rizzo. Bro, if you would have said, no. said that, I would jump through this phone and throw no. hands. No, I so the Cubs. Um, you know, as 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 you mentioned, Joey, the Cubs. You know, stock rose five percent even in a pandemic. Um, you just got your your deal with Marquis, which was I, I, I don't know the the figures. I don't have those privy at the moment. But that was supposed to, you know, give you an excess of, you know, a hundred million dollars. They were supposed to give you a ton of money. You're telling me that you can't pay Bryant Rezone bias. I, you're, you're telling me that, and then you you say, "Oh well, we're 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 poor," but in January you say that the Cubs have increased payroll for 2021. So I, I don't know what's going on. That's it. That's my point. Um, so if you're if if you're Chris Bryant or Javier Baez, why would you if they if they offered you a deal similar to something that they offered Rizzo? Would you would you guys personally resign with the team if they said, "Hey, we look at you. You were the reason that we won a, a World Series championship first time in hundred some odd years. We'll get, the best we can do is five years, ninety five million." Yeah, dude, it pisses me off. Like, if I were, I mean, that that's what hurt the most, dude. Because Rizzo talked about it in an interview yesterday, and he basically said, "Like, we're not really negotiating with them anymore. My deadline was the end of." Uh, spring training, and then he said, I've made peace with it. And, bro, that shit shattered me. Absolutely shattered me. Bro, so, Joey, just, just know that he's going to look good in New York. And dude, I will appreciate honestly, him. Honestly, I could see that happening. I would to be completely I, honest, I could see that be a midseason trade. I would, I would appreciate him in New York. Yes. Well, as long as you would love him, I suppose. I mean, that but, just means that we're giving up on Luke Voigt, which would be very depressing, but... I don't know. It, it's just it's just disgraceful. I mean, the dude, like you mentioned earlier, Mark, it's like the dude was, has been in Chicago through literally the first year of the Theo regime in 2012, all of those terrible years, and then, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's just not a more likable guy on the team, and it's not like he's getting worse and worse every year, right? Like, he's content. I mean, 2020, he didn't have a great year, but nobody did, so I'm not going to include that. But literally, every single year, other than his second year in the league, he's had at least a 270 batting average and an OPS of at least 800. I mean, and most of them are higher than that. Most of them are 899 or over 9. So, it's just... I don't know. I'm I'm just very frustrated. So I think that they're going to pick. I truthfully, I think that I could see the Cubs picking. As sad as it is to say, I could see them picking one of the three. If I they pick, if they, if they pick one, I want. I think I want Rizzo. 
I, th- I think they'll pick two. And I was gonna, I was just about ready to ask this question. I said, I was gonna say, Joey, if you would, if you would need to pick two out of the three to keep, which one would you keep? Which ones would you keep, and which one would you get rid of? I would keep Rizzo for sure, and I would. I get if I had to pick right now, I think I would pick Baez, but it's strictly because really? it, it's strictly because of the health of Chris Bryant, right? Because every year he's had some sort of injury that's really messed him up, and obviously that's not—I mean, it's not his fault. But durability matters, right? I mean, the best ability is availability. Um, I think. I don't know. I, I I just think if you could tell me that. Bryant would be healthy for the next 10 years and only miss, you know, 10, 15 games max every season, then yeah, I would take that. But since I don't know that and Baez has been relatively healthy pretty much his entire career, I think I would have to pick Baez. So I think you can still get Baez at a solid deal. I I think that if, if you had one... Of the three that would take take the least amount of money to stay, I think that's bias. I disagree. I think that, and, and here's why. You know, I'm looking at uh, MLB trade rumors right now. A great site to look at, and um, they were uh, in the Cubs. Uh, what's it called? The Cubs off season to review. They were talking about how. You know, Baez will enter the market when Lindor. This is before Lindor's deal. Um, that hasn't happened yet. Oh, it hasn't yet. No. When okay, then um, they'll he'll be um, entering the entering the market when Lindor, Seager, Story, and Carlos Correa could potentially be free agents as well. So next summer, I don't know how. You know, much you would want to test the market with that. Uh, I mean, that's fair. So I think that. But on the flip side, somebody's going to be overpaying for a shortstop at that point. Oh yeah. Because oh yeah. What what if the Colorado Rockies lose Trevor Story? Right. Why would you not? If you want to fill the gap of Trevor Story and Javier Baez is available, why would you not fill that void with Javier Baez? I I use the Rockies as purely an example. But I doubt. I don't think the Rockies would shell out that kind of money. But I think, think you'd have buy- to be. I think you'd have to be a team more like, uh, more like the Angels, right? I mean, if you're the, potentially, if you're the, if you're the Angels, why would you not go get Javier Baez, right? Especially with Joe Madden as your manager. I mean, I I think that of the three, I think Baez would be the one to take his payday. I think Bryant likes being there, and I think that he's gotten comfy there. Because he's still loved when he doesn't play that many games and he hits pretty piss poor. Oh, buddy, you're not on Cubs Twitter. Uh, but he, he seems fan to be resounding gets, like... Yeah, the fan base, fan base gets big mad at him for no reason all the time because he gets hurt and they think he's a baby. But, bro, like, he's hurt. Obviously, <laughs> if he would play, he would play. He still shows up, so I... I don't know. I, I think I think if you pull the vast majority of Cubs fans and ask them that question, I think they're going Baez and Rizzo. Yeah, and, I mean, you you would keep those two, but I'm saying I think that Baez would take the payday over Bryant. 
Oh, yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I think also that you have to look at, and one of the things that people um, talk about fairly, um, well, a lot fairly, is who is your agent? And, you know, Scott, Chris Bryant is a Scott Boris client, so he's going to be getting the payday. He's, he's going to be, you know, trying to shell out the biggest payday and I don't know if the Cubs will be willing to pay that payday, to be quite honest, especially with, you know, as you were talking about, Bryant, not being here for a full season. I don't think that Baez is a Boris uh, no, he's not. client as well. He's not? Okay. So I think, um, I think, yeah, as you were saying, Bryant will be the one to go. So. All right, fellas. Will you have any closing remarks other than that the AS Central is just trash? <laughs> uh, just that Cubs talk kind of depressed me, and opening days in two days. So let's go. <laughs> All right, we got to do an AL East preview right before. So yeah, that or this weekend. I don't think it matters that much. It's still super early. Yeah, we can figure something out. Well, Joe, thank you for hopping on. Yeah, thank you, brother. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, as always, if you can subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, we would appreciate it. Tell your friends, tell your dogs, tell your goldfish, tell your next-door neighbor, tell any and all baseball fans, and uh, tell the good Lord to keep a rain away for opening day because we would like to see some baseball. Hashtag extender is a... Five okay. years over 70... Five years for 70 million, that's just... That's a little ridiculous. Disgraceful. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you later. Peace.